Well, hello, everyone. This is Jessica. And this is Caitlin. And this is the Calling All Spirits podcast. How are you this evening? Hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Texas is melting officially now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, uh, I moved to Texas like eight years ago, and I do not recall seeing in the brochure that I would be living on the surface of the sun. I know. I feel bad for our listeners because I feel like from now until October, like we're going to open every episode we're like, it's really hot, guys. <laughs> like it's still really hot. Hey, I didn't, I didn't open with allergies are killing me. I'm technically changing it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No, it, it is still, it's still warm and it's only going to get worse. It is. Uh, I have, we had the staff cookout today at work and, uh, we were outside. It was warm. I understand why we barbecue outside in the summer and why we grill outside in the summer. But Joey and I were rewatching Shorzy last night, the spinoff from Letterkenny, and they're grilling outside in a snowstorm. I'm like, see, now that makes sense to me. That I can work with. <laughs> That's what we need to switch to. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. And I know, and I'm sitting here, like, sweating But something about when we record, it's like, I want a nice cup of hot tea. I want this. And then I'm like, why am I so hot? (laughs) Absolutely. Like, because I had some congestion because obviously pollen plus heat. I was in the kitchen and I'm like, do I want tea or? And then I looked at my mother-in-law. I'm like, I need lemon with honey, don't I? Because like I've had two cups of that so far. And now I'm on to the uh, whiskey, honey, and a lemon. (laughs) Uh, No hot water this time. Ooh, that sounds yummy. It is yummy. It's one of my favorite go-to drinks. And it's thematic because today is our little mini bonus-ode on the winters or the winter solstice. I wish it was I know, wishful thinking. S- <laughs> I'm praying so hard for winter. Uh, no, the summer solstice. Yay! And honey plays a big theme in a lot of the northern traditions. So I figured I could excuse my indulgence, you know, explain it away that I was being thematic with the honey. I love it. Well, I, and I got honey for my tea and I picked out like my magic. It's, I don't know, it's like called magic tea. And I'm nice. like, that feels very appropriate for this topic. I know the summer solstice. Like I know I've heard of it, but you know so much more. So I'm so excited to learn all the different traditions and how it's celebrated around the world. So think it's gonna be really cool yeah i mean admittedly i'm most familiar with a lot of the northern traditions because well to be honest i was looking for christmas substitutes when i left the church and 20 something years later i'm not gonna math right now (laughs) um i kind of found a lot of the strong ones and i realized the easiest cheat was that yule is what most of the christmas traditions are so i don't actually have to change anything oh uh uh-huh right but in a lot of that research i did keep coming across some of the summer solstice traditions just because it was a counterbalance and where when you don't live on the surface of the sun apparently this is an enjoyable time (laughs) (laughs) when you want to be outside yes i am convinced that anyone who likes summer lives in a place where they get an actual winter oh i agree a hundred percent i i a hundred percent with an actual winter i can totally handle summer yeah but like a, a week of frozen solid and then back to the heat does not count as a winter that's just a weird aberration that needs to Stuff. I agree. So, so maybe if you're in Texas, or th- maybe we'll learn. Are there any of these we can celebrate indoors? <laughs> like, do we have to be outdoors? <laughs> can we look at it through a window in the air conditioning? In all honesty, um, so the tradition is largely outside because a lot of the older traditions for any of the holidays are focused mm-hmm. on the outside. But there was a podcast I was listening to, and I'm blanking on the name of it. I feel really bad. 
because I only listened to it like the day before yesterday. <laughs> but it's like it's a witchy advice column, but in podcast form, basically. It's Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. That's what it was. Oh, okay. And she had an episode on the summer solstice and she actually defended the fact that she celebrates inside because I can't remember if she's in Arizona or Southern California. I mix people up. I think she's in Arizona. So like 120 degrees. And she has health concerns where she's like, yeah, I could go outside and celebrate and do it the quote unquote right way. Right. But I'd also be throwing up into the bonfire and I feel like that'd be a mood killer. (laughs) Because with all of her health conditions, she legitimately can't handle the heat for that long time. And I'm like, you know what? I can get behind that. We can. uh, Yes. We can celebrate the summer solstice indoors. I mean, this year, I didn't even plan it. A friend of mine got the tickets, but I'm going to a concert. (gasps) On the summer solstice this year. That's amazing. That's so exciting. Yeah. So I'm still in a big public. I mean, we're we're in a COVID alert medium now. So I don't know how I feel about being in a big group of people. But we are in a very big dancing gathering. Like we won't have a bonfire in the middle, but it'll be rhythmic. It'll have lots of power built up. It'll be be a very communal event, which is not normal for me for the summer solstice. Because I celebrate all my holidays by myself as a terrified pagan who lives in the bible belt (laughs) well i'm excited i can't wait to hear all about it you gotta take pictures and stuff oh there will be pictures lots of pictures so i guess to dive into the actual topic yeah i instead of well i'm not gonna say instead of defining the holiday (laughs) because that's the first part of this but i was gonna say instead of just defining everything i actually have 11 scientific things about the summer solstice i'm excited okay but it does start with the definition (laughs) So I am actually going to start with one quick definition, what solstice means. Uh, It comes from Latin words, sol, meaning sun, which a lot of us are familiar with, and sistere, meaning to come to a stop or stand still. And that's because on the day of the June solstice, the sun reaches its northernmost position, as seen from Earth, obviously. And at that point, the, the zenith that it hits, it doesn't move north or south as it does the rest of the year. It stands still at the top tropic of Cancer, and then it reverses direction and starts moving south again. So it kind of like hangs for a hot second. Oh. So it was named for the sun stands still. Very cool. Which kind of makes sense. The fun part is that, I mean, obviously the opposite happens in the December solstice. Mm -hmm. And they talk about how the sun reaches its southernmost position in the sky, the tropic of Capricorn. It stands still and it removes its direction towards the north. Mm -hmm. Like we know that now, especially like with all of our scientific information, the fact that we talk to and hang out with Australia and South Africa. Yes. Like we know this to be a truth. Can they have the flip seasons from us? I think this word predates that. Like, how do you know the sun's standing still on the longest night? I know. I mean, it's amazing. And I know they charted this and they did, but it it blows my mind how they could do all this back then. Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, they knew the world was round in like Egypt. It was just some confusing things that made it flat for a time. A fun fact about the solstice is that it actually happens at the same time all over the world. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, so technically the June solstice is the exact instant of time when the sun is directly overhead the Tropic of Cancer. In 2022, in Houston, because they don't have, I mean, it's the only Texas town they have listed. It will be at, on Tuesday at 4.13 a.m. That'll be the exact moment of the summer solstice. Oh, my goodness. Props to anybody that gets up right there for it. Right. Like, that's awesome. Very cool. Exactly. And anyone who's familiar with the solstice, you probably already know that it can be the 20th, the 21st, or the 22nd. It fluctuates mm-hmm. based on when the sun actually tilts. You know, here we are for the leap year. 
<laughs> this one's kind of fun. I do enjoy the fact that it's a little bit not quite argumentative because it's too low key a conversation for it to be an argument. Uh-huh. But depending on who you ask, the June solstice is either the beginning of summer or the height of summer. Oh, okay. Because for astronomers and scientists, they use the date of June to mark the beginning of summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And for meteorologists, summer began three weeks ago and it's going to continue on. And in Texas, like summer starts in April. So I was about to say, yeah, no, it feels like more of the height of summer. I feel that more so than the beginning. <laughs> yep. The heights of summer is kind of what it is, which is why I kind of I don't mind the, the midsummer name, although the horror movie apparently does not help people deal with that name. I haven't seen it, but I had one of the podcasts I listened to had a rant about how Midsummer is not the same as Midsummer. Oh, I have not seen that either. I read the synopsis and it was a big nope. I cannot handle this movie. <laughs> like, nope, gonna pass. Exactly. Same, same, same. I don't watch a lot of horror movies anyway, but... I was about to say, that would probably surprise so many people for talking about spirits and all this stuff. We do not do horror movies at all. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> thank really you. Funny. We're kind of chickens. I mean, but continue. It's, between the true crime I watch and the spirits I deal with, like, there is no, this will never happen. Like, okay, but also, <laughs> like, it did. <laughs> so, yeah. Fact number next. The Earth is farthest from the sun. At this point. Oh. So you, the way they phrase it is you would think that since it's summer in the northern hemisphere, the sun is, or the earth is closest to the sun during the June solstice, but it's actually the opposite. The earth is actually farthest from the sun during this time of year. And in fact, the sun will be on its aphelion a few weeks after the June solstice. It's closest to the sun or it's perihelion about two weeks after the December solstice when it's winter. And then conversely, the earth is furthest from the sun two weeks after so the word just means that it's the furthest oh. away from the sun all kinds of fun scientific oh, okay. in, uh, explanations here then on top of that the earliest sunrise of the year doesn't actually happen on the day so the earliest sunrise is a couple of days before and the latest sunset takes place a couple of days after the solstice oh interesting okay and then it's obviously we already knew this one not usually the hottest day of the year like we're still preheating at this point it's not hottest yet <laughs> i know I know, that's it very really depressing. Is. I don't like that fact. Uh-uh. And then, obviously, it's celebrated all around the world because there's nothing like seeing the sun stand still to make everyone pay attention. Yeah. And so the next phase, now that we've talked all about the summer solstice and explained what it is, we get to get into the celebrations. Yay! I'm excited about this part. Now, just a heads up to the readers. Like I said, I'm more familiar with the northern traditions. I am going to try to cover some of the different countries. And if it's below the equator, then obviously I'm talking about when you have the summer solstice. I'm I'm blonde, but I'm not quite that blonde. I do know that. <laughs> I'm going to kick off with the first one on the Reader's Digest list, which is Sweden, which is apparently a huge festival. Like, Sweden goes all out for midsummer. Uh-huh. And it kind of makes sense when you're further away from the equator that you celebrate the solstices more intensely, logically to me. <laughs> right. Because, like, you finally have a long stretch of warmth. Yes. You go outside and celebrate, too. It's cold. We need to be cheered up. I'd celebrate then, too. Yes. Like, it's not a big jump. 
the way the day works, it's basically brimming with ancient agrarian symbolism is the way they describe it. Okay. Uh, you walk barefoot in the morning dew for good health. You put, uh, you ring floral wreaths around hair to celebrate beauty and fertility. And there's actually a maypole similar to the May Day one. So it's not technically a maypole because it's not happening in May. Right. But apparently the dancing around the maypole doesn't just happen at Beltane or May Day. It happens a couple different times throughout the summer. Oh, wow. Oh, that just sounds lovely. Apparently this is like one of the all out feast days. You get to have lots of uh, pickled herring. You get to have your potatoes. You get to have all kinds of foods. And then the key is basically to make sure you have something that is tied to the seasonality of the time. Like strawberries are really uh -huh. ripe in summer. And so strawberry desserts are often popular. Oh, my goodness. So, I mean, you're going to see this theme throughout the entire list because it's tying it to the seasons because, hey, it's a seasonal celebration. It's right. Right. But that just sounds like I love how you start with a barefoot walk. I mean, I love it. I think it's beautiful. Absolutely agree. I will not be walking around the dawn of solstice because actually if I do it the Tuesday. No, I'm not going to do it Tuesday. Yeah, I could do it Tuesday because the concert's Tuesday night. I'm not going to do it Wednesday. That's for fact. Because we're not going to be going to bed early enough to make that a reality. Yeah. Yeah, no. So we're going to hop across the Atlantic, uh, staying pretty far north, though. They go into the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival in Ottawa, Canada. Oh, okay. Even though the event takes place in Canada's capital city, it is important to note that it is celebrated on the traditional and unceded territories of the Algonquin people and their descendants. Oh, and that's according to the festival's official website. And it includes everything from culinary workshops, arts, music, entertainment, and awards. And apparently in 2020, the live festivals transformed into a month-long virtual event. Wow. Okay. Which is really cool because, I mean, it's a cultural celebration showcasing indigenous music, art, food, and like they found a way to keep it going and they just made it a month long and virtual. I, l I hope they keep a virtual element of it like still because I, I would love to to see that. Agreed. I absolutely love the way a lot of conferences and celebrations and festivals. They it was very different when it went virtual, but a lot of them are holding on to that virtual aspect. Yeah. Like, the Association for Gravestone Studies conferences this week and it's a hybrid. Love it. There are a lot of yeah, there's a bunch of people up in Massachusetts right now at the actual conference. I am sadly not one of them. And I'm kind of just logging into the Zoom meetings and I'm watching and I'm interacting. And it's really cool because there are people who can't always go or are still COVID vulnerable right now. Right. But like one of the presenters this morning was she lives in Portugal. Wow. And she wasn't able to make it out, but she still got to present. I love it. No, that's fabulous. Well, very cool. I'm going to we could check this week. Oh, yeah. See if they're totally still doing it. Absolutely. Okay, very. I love that. And then we're going to hop back across the Atlantic. I don't know who organized this list. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> but Sunrise at Stonehenge, unsurprisingly, is super popular. Yes. The solstices are always a hot topic when it comes to Stonehenge and any of the standing stones. My favorite is actually, it's, it's not in England, it's over in Ireland. And it's a it's a tomb. Newgrange, Newgrange is my happy place. Oh, I love it so much. Cool. They have the same thing where the solstices, the light just shines straight through all the tunnels and illuminates everything. Oh, that's amazing. And we know, you know, how Stonehenge lines up the stones and it has the shadow crossing the right time. A lot of places actually have this. Like Newgrange is my favorite, but the only one I've actually been to 
and I didn't actually get to see it because it's blocked off now, but was the the time knife at Chaco Canyon. Oh. Where they had the slabs arranged so that you had this dart of light going right across the two spirals over the course of the year. That's just incredible. Yeah, people have been marking time with the sun forever. I mean, we all know sunbiles. Yes. This is not a big jump. But while I've been to Chaco, I haven't been able to see the time knife because I keep calling it a time knife. I know that's from the good place. I can't remember what Chaco actually calls it. Now I feel terrible. Hang on. I got to get the actual word. <laughs> Chaco archaeoastronomy. By the way, if anyone didn't know that word already, archaeoastronomy is a study of ancient time tracking via the stars. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yes. That's one of... I love all of the big fancy words I learned in archaeology. Archaeoastronomy and paleoethnobotany are my two favorite words. Oh my goodness. Okay. What? Okay. Explain that one. Like, I have an idea, but what is it exactly? Um, So paleoethnobotany is obviously the study of botany, but in the Paleolithic, and they use ethnographic information from modern tribes in the area to trace back what the plants would have been used for or what they likely were if they had trouble identifying them. Wow. Now, I didn't study either of those things, ironically. Like, the words that I love the most, I didn't study. (gasps) I just thought they were fun to say. Heck yeah. So, it's the sun dagger at Chaco Canyon. It cuts across things. So, I mean, honestly. Okay, so Brie, you can totally cut all of the gibberish or you can include the gibberish and just... Add that it's a sun dagger, not a time knife, because this is not the good place. But yeah, no, uh, the only one I've actually been to, and I haven't actually been to it because they have it blocked off since the stones shifted and it changed the lighting. And the stones shifted because so many people were walking around it and visiting it. But that's the sun dagger at Chaco Canyon. Very cool. I love that name, sun dagger. So the next country we're going to jump to is Greece. Ooh. In ancient Greece, the summer solstice was the most egalitarian day of the year, and during the Greek festival of Cronia, social hierarchy was largely abandoned in favor of a level playing field for all of the classes. According to Britannica, enslaved people and lords celebrated side by side on the solstice, and certain legal and moral restrictions were lifted. The day was basically meant to emulate the golden age of Kronos, which is before the Greek gods when the Titans were in charge. No one had to labor for a living and all of humanity was considered equal. Oh. It's kind of like a large scale Eden. Right. With more than two people. (laughs) And apparently a tenacious group of modern Greeks still follow the 2,500 year old tradition by trekking up 9,573 feet to the peak of Mount Olympus on the winter solstice. Wow. A summer solstice. I keep switching the two of them. <laughs> well, you know, if our spirit guide had just stayed in Greece, she could have made that hike. Exactly. She could have celebrated the solstice the old way. Oh, man. Right? That Isn't is that cool? very cool. So we're going to hop across the Atlantic again, but going south this time to Chichen Itza in Mexico. Mm. A wonder of ancient architecture, obviously. The, pyramid, the pyramids of Chichen Itza are on Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula and are a wonderful place to celebrate the longest day of the year. The precise construction and engineering of the pyramids creates a visual display twice a year in which the central pyramid of El Castillo is bathed in pure sunlight on one side and full shadow on the other. Thousands of spectators, both religious and pagan, come from near and far to celebrate the solstice in view of this ethereal spectacle. I mean, I love how this is, how all, so, well, not all, but so many of these celebrations are built around these ancient structures that's so cool yeah i mean they did such a good job building them where you have just the sun doing something impressive at a specific time of year 
I'd, I'd be fascinated and enthralled too. Like there's no question. I'd absolutely go out of my way to go see a pyramid that looks like it's been split in two between light and dark. I'd be there in a heartbeat. And they're still there. I mean, and it's yeah. just, and what it took to create that, I, I just, it, it's all just kind of boggles my mind in, in, in a very cool way. Like, And then Finland has wonderful Scandinavian traditions where uh, this is one of the main holidays still referred to as midsummer but in finnish and i don't know how to pronounce that i really should have listened to a pronunciation guide on that sorry friends and family gather at cottages in the countryside to fish boat and relax in saunas and then of course light bonfires and unsurprisingly locals once cast spells on midsummer to find a spouse and increase fertility it always tracks down to who am i gonna marry it does. It always does. And what? the holiday is still a popular day for marriages to take place because, uh, bonus, it's easy to remember your anniversary. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> and they're already celebrating. Like, people are already ready for a party. Yeah, and it's a day of fertility and abundance and marriage can lead to both of those things. That sounds perfect to me. Exactly. I like it. And then, actually, speaking of the Midnight Sun, the Midnight Sun Festival in Fairbanks, Alaska, is uh, one of the best places in the U.S. to celebrate the win- the summer solstice, apparently. Uh, the ground oh. can often still get snow in June. I can attest to that. It was snowing on my cousin's graduation day at the end of May, and his mom was not happy about it. <laughs> But in Fairbanks, the daylight lasts the full 24 hours around the solstice, so there's plenty of time to attend the numerous events that compromise the city's famous Midnight Sun Festival. Slather on high SPF and join the revelry are the exact instructions, and I support that. (laughs) And it really is a big tradition. I actually messaged my cousin earlier today, and she was like, yeah, nope, sorry I haven't responded. It pretty much goes full tilt all summer constantly busy which makes sense because you have a lot of things to do and you have to cram all your festivities into when you can go outside right yeah of course and so she's like oh yeah no we absolutely go to the festival it's a tradition here that's really neat i'm a little i'm a little jealous that i'm not gonna be there but yeah mostly because i'm jealous that she gets to live where it's cold (laughs) (laughs) so if anybody's paying attention we just need to get caitlin where it's cold we just need to get her somewhere chilly. <laughs> so if you have suggestions, you can also write those into us. Yes. If you have jobs, list, job listings in living history or cemetery tours, please contact me so I can move north. <laughs> At the end of this bonus episode, we will give you our email address. <laughs> yes, email us at callingallspiritspod at gmail.com and tell me where to email my resume. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> so next up, another cold place, unsurprisingly, Iceland. Oh. And so during Iceland's secret solstice celebration, partygoers in Reykjavik can go enjoy a musical lineup comprised of local and international artists. In 2018, the secret solstice featured a tour of an ancient lava tunnel and an opportunity to party inside a giant glacier. That's kind of incredible. Like... Wow. Like, like pod family trip to Iceland one of these midsummers, I think. That's just, it's, I feel like they're so nonchalant about that. Like, go party in a glacier. Yeah, and like, you take a tour wow. of an ancient lava tunnel. Like, you had me at barefoot with flowers. Like, now you're throwing in glaciers? <laughs> I mean, there are people who know how to live up the solstice celebrations, regardless of whether it's hot or cold outside, apparently. And in case you're not in the mood for someplace cold, Rome is also... Mm. 
known for having celebrations. In the gentler climate of the Mediterranean, the Romans once celebrated Vesta, the goddess of the earth, on the June solstice. Um, it's actually part of why June weddings are so popular, because she's also the goddess mm. of the home. Yes. Roman women traditionally visited the Vestal temple and made offerings to the goddess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> During this week, only women were permitted to enter the temple, and a cake was baked using the consecrated waters from a spring considered sacred. And mm-hmm. so modern Italians still embrace the solstice as a time of new beginnings. And the country comes alive with celebrations. La Festa di San Giovanni. I'm so sorry about all my pronunciations, y'all. I, I try. If I fail, honestly, call me out on it. I'd like to get better. But it's still observed with a similar, uh, similar set of rites with water and fire as uh, I guess we assume they performed in ancient times. Because a lot of the religious practices were on the secret side. So I don't know how they know. But maybe they do know. Back on this side of the Atlantic in Guatemala, we have the Mayan solstice. Uh, the summer solstice in Guatemala is an excellent time to observe the present Mayan culture as well as get a glimpse into the country's past. Uh, Tikal is one of the most famous Mayan ruins in Central America and the rituals surrounding the altars of the altars like the Temple of the Moon and the Temple of the Grand Jaguar still take place around the summer solstice and the the spiritual rituals from the past are still performed at sunrise and sunset and they of course highlight the architecture. Yeah, it's amazing. So Scotland, they may not grow draw the crowds that Stonehenge has, but the Shetland Islands are another place to observe the summer solstice. The holiday is known as the sim- the Simmer Dim, which is the Shetland term for summer twilight. And for more than thirty five years, hundreds of motorcyclists wow go to a- <laughs> they go to a rally. Oh my goodness! Um, and it's as per usual, music, games, and food, and local spirits. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that it's a motorcycle event. That's so much fun. I do too. That one's unexpected. Yes. I wasn't I didn't see that one coming. I mean the Scots popping up out of nowhere. Everyone else is doing general revelry. They're like, you know what we need? Motorcycles. Yes. I am in yes. like I'm I'm blown away, but I'm in no way surprised that it was the Scottish that did that. And then in Norway, the biggest bonfire in the country is built uh in Asalund on the west coast. Mock weddings symbolize new life, and everyone indulges in plenty of herring, beer, and aquavit, which oh. is one of my favorite liquors. Um, it's it's like a not lousy version of Jaeger and a less intense version of absinthe. Oh, oh. see, you would have cut me out because I hate licorice, so I would not be able to indulge in that. I absolutely hated black licorice growing up. I feel like I like it out of spite at this point. Because <laughs> I still don't like Jaeger. I've learned to like absinthe if it's prepared properly. Oh. We went to an absinthe bar in New Orleans and they actually made a cocktail that worked for me. And Oh, very cool. Hey, I'd be willing to give it a try. Because I just like, somebody just let me taste it once. It was like a taste test. Or not a taste test, but like a sample. And I wanted to like it so bad with since it was absinthe, and I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah, straight absinthe is awful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back on topic. Wow, I am easily yeah. distracted. In Croatia, while many summer solstice traditions are centered around summer sunlight, Astrofest focuses on honoring the shortest night of the year. They have a combination of stargazing and nighttime music, and the Croatians manage to stay awake the entire night of summer solstice, which, I mean... I wouldn't have been impressed with as a child, but or as a teenager or a young adult. But now I'm like, I stayed awake all day. I'm proud of myself. Heck yeah. Staying up all night would be a whole other challenge. Oh, I don't even remember the last time I did that. Like, probably college. Yeah, for sure. 
But apparently, while Astrofest is fun and lively, it is also meant to honor the ancient link between the sun and sustainable life. Oh. So the hours spent waiting for a hint of sunrise are supposed to be filled with magic and fairies and elves and supernatural oh, beings. Oh, sign me up for that. I want to go to that one. Yeah. That one sounds cool. Yeah. I didn't even scratch the surface on so many hundreds of different cultural practices throughout the, the world just because there are so wow. many. And I mean... It's because it's a big astrological event. It's hard to miss the sun standing still in the sky when, especially when you're basing your entire life on the changing of the seasons and watching for the sun and everything else. There's no way to not catch yes. that. The fact that everybody's got a tradition, I absolutely love because you can find an open tradition that works for you yes. and brings you joy for the for the yes. traditional time of the year. Oh, I love it. And just honoring that. And- it's an easy one for you to do you can just go outside and you know find i don't know find daisies that may not have died yet over the summer and weave a daisy chain to put around your hair or go pick roses and put them in your hair or something i love it i love it oh i think it's beautiful like i want to do that with my son like i want to be like tuesday after school well his little school but it's like this is what we're doing this is what we're gonna do it's really easy to to find a spot, like I know I already said that part, but like the thing that I've managed to do the last couple of years that I'm very proud of, um, at some point in the week before or the week of the solstice, I make some form of honey cake. Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yes. I uh, I do the super ancient technique of hopping on Pinterest <laughs> and looking for a <laughs> recipe that works for me. And yeah, I think the last four or five years I've managed that. I really like it. It's fun. I have a hard time drinking mead just because it's so sweet. Right. But I also try to get a little bottle of some local mead and and celebrate and have a little ritual for myself. Oh, I think that's fabulous. I've never tried mead. Maybe this will be, I will try it. Hey, I have some recommendations that are local to Texas that I can send to you later. Yes, please do. I love the idea of a honey cake. You know I'm about to get on Pinterest. Like, this <laughs> this is going to happen this weekend. Like, I mean, we have a three-day weekend because the we have the federal recogni- recognition of Juneteenth now. So, yes. I mean, we have a three-day weekend. I plan on baking on Monday. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love it. That's That sounds like the perfect, perfect plan. Very nice. Well, I so appreciate you sharing all this because I feel like I've learned so much. The only one I think I had heard of was Sweden. I had heard of that and um, only because I watched too much reality TV and Ladies of London. <laughs> one of the ladies was from Sweden but so she threw a festival. But I didn't understand the science behind it. Like, I didn't understand a lot of the history and that behind it. I just knew she threw a fabulous party and they were all wearing flowers in their hair. But now I'm like, oh, now I understand it now. So reality TV. What's that about learning history so you can understand the behavior of people? What? I know. I know. Even through reality TV. Hey, I mean, now that you have the history, <laughs> it makes more sense. Isn't that why... We insist that everyone needs to learn history is because you can get to some of the why of the behaviors of the people around you. Exactly. Exactly. But I but I, I will admit I had no idea all the other different traditions and places. And I just um, you learn something new every day. Kind of poking around either. I mean, granted, on the Internet, you want to fact check your sources. I kind yes. of assumed that the uh, scientific breakdown and the Reader's Digest assessment of 
what we were talking about were all valid sources, even if the attitude of the Reader Digest article <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I like the New York Times for information, the timetable.com, by the way. That's where I found the calendar for what time the solstice happens. Very cool. And so, and then on worldwide.com, a fascinating summer solstice traditions around the globe. So, I kind of trusted a little bit, by all means, if you celebrate in any of these areas and you have a completely different tradition, let me know. Next year, I will happily include them and do better because I like knowing more than the online sources will give me and knowing more than books do because I have a attitude problem when it comes to authority. And if I know something they don't know, I get to be gloating. So <laughs> if you are, or honestly, just reach out on any of the social medias and tell us what you're doing for solstice or if you yes. don't have any plans and you're going to play catch up on Wednesday because uh, okay. this will be coming out on Tuesday, I think. Yes. Let us know what your favorite traditions are or what new traditions you're going to look at doing or just reach out and talk to us and let us know you're there because we are permanently in a seance here. <laughs> this is true. This is true, but I would love that. Um, But no, this was great. Well, thank you. And I can't wait to see how everybody celebrates. And make sure you take pictures of your event so we can share them. Yes. And if you're baking honey cake, take pictures and share those too. Oh, I am already on Pinterest and I'm uh, looking at the recipes and they look delicious. So yes, we will share that. Excellent. Well, um, until we get back to our regular episodes, about what, a week and a half after this comes out? Yeah, the next one will be coming out quick. So until then, I am Caitlin. This is Jessica. And this has been Calling All Spirits. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.